0: What it do, baby? It's your girl, Tina, with an H. It's Stevie Jade. And you're listening to the In Your Twenties Podcast. we
1: figure out what the f*** we're doing in our twenties.
0: Stevie, how you doing today? God, you know,
1: I'm alright. Just took a whiskey shot. <laughs> I'm feeling good. It's the middle of the week.
0: You know, how are you? You know, I never thought I'd be the girl to have a whiskey shot at 9 a.m. You are now. Oh, I don't want to be that girl, <laughs> please, by all means. I don't think I remember the last time I had whiskey.
1: Oh, I love a whiskey. I have whiskey in my drink, some mezcals, some tequila. I like it all. I like whiskey in stuff. your mezcals? No. <laughs> Just don't mix it up. The
0: yeah. way that you said it, I was like, am I missing a No, let's have heart? them all
1: separate. Have them all separate. <laughs> but I
0: can have them all in one night. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Stevie's hangovers are probably a lot different from mine. Pretty much. So today, Stevie, should we let the people know why we're having a shot at 9 a.m.?
1: Well, guys, we have our first guest on for the season.
0: Whoop, whoop! All right, like, I feel like we just need to introduce him, and we also totally forgot to ask him how to pronounce his last name before starting this, so we're just going to try it.
1: I'm going to say it, because I actually Googled it, I have to say, because how do you pronounce (laughs) it? I'm not good with the Italian name. It's Italian.
2: Yes. Uh,
1: Nick or Colano?
2: Spot on. (laughs) Woo!
1: Nick I was
2: really excited to see how you guys went along. The (laughs) pronunciations I've heard throughout my life, like teachers trying to pronounce it, they start throwing like I's and and U's in the middle of the name. I'm like, that's not not even there. (laughs) Wow, I'm proud of myself.
1: Yeah, Nick Ercolano, founder of BDGE Media. Welcome to In Your 20s podcast. How are you?
2: I'm amazing. I will say, do you guys know how old I am?
0: Well, that was going to be our first first question. question. Okay. Do you (laughs) want us to guess or are you going to tell us?
2: Uh, I wasn't going to make you guess, but since you brought it up, I, yeah, let's, let's go with a oh, guess. Oh,
0: I like a guess. Um, well, you've been in the city, you've lived in the city for a few years now, right? Mm-hmm. After being in Jersey. Guys, we love a Jersey guest on, let me just say that. <laughs> I'm going to guess like, oh crap, 20, at first I was going to say like 26, but now my guess is 28, 29.
1: I was going to say 28, but you look younger than that. Yeah. You could pass for maybe 24.
2: Yeah, see, I don't know as a guy. It's nice, like getting complimented on looking younger, but it's also not as a guy.
1: I see that, yeah. So
2: I'm 30. Am I technically allowed to be on this podcast?
1: Oh, 100%. Okay, because yeah.
2: it's in your 20s, we're fucking around figuring things out. I'm like, I already figured it out. You know, yes, I'm, that's I'm why old, we need you I know it. Okay. We need
1: you on here so you can tell us what the hell to do.
2: Okay, yeah, I'm 30. So yeah, I didn't know <laughs> if I qualified for it.
1: You definitely He do.
0: waited till he got into the studio to be like, i'm 30 mic drop and i'm out
2: well yeah i didn't know if you'd let me on but if you only do people in the <laughs> 20s also i didn't know i was gonna be the girl that takes shots of whiskey at 9 a.m you were the one who like you set she that did. up
1: <laughs> yeah tina did she she started that one it was
2: like the meme you know like the there's like a meme where a guy like shoots himself in the back of the head <laughs> That's
0: i'm enough. always
2: thinking in like meme meme formats in, my like li- in real life it's no horrible. but that
0: loki is me okay but to preface i said like, if it wasn't 9 a.m., like, I would say, let's take a shot. And then he goes, yeah, like, I'll do one. What do you got? And then he expected us to take it, too.
2: <laughs> well, how are you just going to set me up for failure here? We're, <laughs> we're, we're all getting dragged down together.
0: <laughs> we don't just stand there watching and take a <laughs> <Yeah>. shot. <laughs> okay, Nick. Well, since you've experienced your entire 20s, what's a random fun fact that you've learned?
2: okay fun fact
0: also are you freshly 30 or are you like
2: I turn 30 in August oh, okay wait, I guess that's kind of far away now at this yeah, point. You're it's like, like six halfway, months in. Yeah. I keep thinking I'm like still kind of 29 but I'm not I'm closer closer 30 I'm closer, <laughs> like, to
1: thir- closer, to I'm closer to like 50 <laughs> <I'm> just- <laughs> than I am in my 20s I guess at this God, point that's terrifying
2: okay well I don't know how fun this is but this is more of something that I learned earlier in my uh in my 20s and I think As people try to like navigate life, especially in the city, things can get crazy. You have a a lot of like choices kind of thrown at you all the time. I think a lot of people are so obsessed with figuring out what exactly it is that they love or they want to do right away. And that's really, really difficult to find. It's really hard to find like what you're passionate about. But I think the best piece of advice I can give people is that you'll learn what you don't like way faster than you'll learn what you do like. So when you start trying a lot of things, it's almost like going down a road and you get to a fork in the road and, you know, you're like, I hate that. Like, this is not going to serve me in my life in in a later purpose. Uh, So a lot of people hesitate to, like, get out of situations that they don't like. A lot of people jump into jobs, realize really quickly that they hate what they're doing, but they're too afraid to go down a new path because whatever, like outside, you know, their friends or family or whatever will talk shit to them later on or it's bad for their resume or whatever. I think the biggest piece of advice is as soon as you figure out something that you dislike, something that you hate, something that you know is not going to serve a purpose, you can't waste your energy in your 20s. because you, That's like the most energy you're ever going to have in your life oh, in your yeah. 20s. You should use it like late nights, grinding, going out, but doing both at the same time, like working really hard. Put that on a pedestal, but have fun. And you can't do that if you're in a situation like if you get into your full time job pretty quickly into your 20s. Right. And you realize that you got to prioritize your life like real quickly because it takes most of your life. Right. Like the the full time job, you're in the office 10 hours a day and it makes you really, really think about what's not important anymore. So if you're wasting all your energy somewhere that you dislike, it's really, really important to get out of there. And then along that road, like you keep trying things you're like I don't like this, but you'll find little increments of different parts of these jobs or situations that you do like. And that will slowly help you get down the path of something that you are really, really passionate about. So rather than searching for something that you love, be really, really strong about weeding out the things that you don't like.
1: I love that. I feel like I'm in that. I feel like I feel that so hard right now. You're speaking straight to Stevie right now. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) truly. Like, I'm just in that transition of changing my career, but it's so fucking terrifying
2: it's really really scary but it's like it's freeing though
1: it's so freeing it's
2: like if you have really good intent and you work really really hard and you have positive energy towards the things that you're doing that's always going to play itself out in the long run yeah someone who's way older than you guys are i promise (laughs) it'll all work out
0: but yeah (laughs) you're not even way older than me (laughs) as someone who is think we are Oh, this is f- up to ask. <laughs> <I knew it. laughs> he was about to be like, "My mom told me never to ask a woman her age," but no, now Just you have
1: to guess. Only shoot two years lower than you think.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna go twenty six, and I'm gonna go
0: twenty four. You got that? Wait, like, right right did you research head. us the way we researched you? No, no. Damn. damn,
2: was that was that perfectly correct? Yeah, yeah. damn, I'm good.
0: What's right on? on it, jeez. Damn, Holy shit! not me exuding 24 year old energy
2: <laughs> I know. it's good it's good youthful energy is like so you need to find things that continue to give you youthful energy i swear it's
0: Fine. you have more youth, youthful energy than i do apparently so honestly as soon as you said shoot two years lower <laughs> i thought he was gonna guess 21 for me and i was about to
2: leave I thought about, about, I thought about it for a second
0: <laughs> i'm glad you hesitated all right. So, Nick, we've just got to start getting right into it because mm-hmm. you've done a lot in your 20s so far. So you are the founder, CEO, right, of BDGE, which is big dogs got to eat media. Let's go. Tell us a little bit about it.
2: Uh, Yeah. So when I was younger, BDG is is a sports media company that has like a centralized focus on fantasy football in particular. And When I was younger, me and my friends started a fantasy football league together, like in high school, and we started to take it really, really seriously. And I, uh, I kept winning it like three, (laughs) four years in a row. And I was like, man, I'm like really, really good at this. And looking back, I was, I was terrible at it, the things that I put out at the time. But in that I was like, I could teach people to get better at this. It was like a pure, like raw, well-intentioned thought that I had. And I was like, man, I think if I put myself out there and I made content around this, like I could teach people how to be better at it. So, I basically took that and I started, um, I started blogging and this was probably when I was maybe 19-ish. So I started blogging. I didn't tell anybody about like the website. I didn't, I didn't put it out there whatsoever. I put it out online and I realized pretty quickly I was starting to look at like the Google analytics, which was completely new to me. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but there are people coming to the website for no reason whatsoever. Cause I never advertise it at all. And I was like, Oh, this is getting traction. There's, there's something here, but I also realized really early on, like I was saying before, I hate writing. Like I don't (laughs) like blogging. So I was like, I'm not doing this forever. I feel way more comfortable like recording something on camera. So I was like, I'm going to make videos instead. And naturally the platform to do that on was YouTube. So I started making videos. I didn't take it like super seriously at first because it was just something I was doing in my spare time. And I was like, oh, I'm passionate about this, whatever. So I started putting out videos on YouTube and five videos, maybe the first year or something like that, maybe 10 the next year. And the organic growth was there, right? It wasn't like anything crazy, but I noticed that it just kept growing. And I was like, I feel like if I put all my energy into it, if I took it super, super seriously, something good would come from this. And so the next summer I was like, I'm going to go crazy on this and go all out, like work every day, all my breaks that I had at work, after work, whatever, I'm going to be, you know, writing articles, putting out videos, editing the videos, making thumbnails, figuring out how to make this a real thing. And it didn't necessarily blow up at that time, but. Relative to where I was, it did for me. Like internally, I was like, oh, this, this is like, this proved to me that there was something here. So at that time, I had graduated college and I was working in the marketing field and I had been doing this like on the side. So I remember specifically like one of the jobs I had was a job that I absolutely hated and I left it within like six weeks because I was like, I can't be here. It's, it's killing me. I was like a 22 year old, you know, I would spend all of my lunch break at the Burger King on the corner of the block, just like working on my own shit. I'm like, I look Burger back
0: King.
2: at, I swear to God, I remember the Burger <laughs> King so vividly. It, it was in Hackensack, New Jersey, actually, at the time.
0: All right, love that.
2: And I look back at 22-year-old Nick, and I'm like, holy fuck, the grind was so real at the time. Like, the work <laughs> ethic was real. But I'm like, man, uh, that's what got me to to where I am today. Like, moments like that, and and really putting in the work when most people aren't willing to do that kind of thing. So I jumped around different agencies, and uh, the last marketing agency I worked at was in in the city. And I remember this was like a very like millennial marketing agency where like the kitchen area was like a communal area, the mm-hmm. ping pong tables, the bar, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So I would take my laptop out there where everybody was like kind of working on their own thing. I would spend all day just working on my stuff, like writing scripts for the, the videos if I wanted to working on the thumbnails, whatever. And I'm like, man, there's no point in me being here. I feel like anymore. I'm wasting their time. They're wasting my time. Like I'm so clearly focused on what I want to do. And I wasn't making a lot of money on the side content wise, but I knew if I put everything I had into it, it could become something that could like supplement my life eventually down the road. And I remember probably like nine months into that job, and I'm commuting home from work, and I called my best friend Steve, and I was like, I think I'm gonna leave my job in the next like three to four months. I feel like this crazy, just this pull. Like I can't be at this job anymore when I know what I wanna do. And he was like, Yeah, you know, I, I'll support you. I think you'll be fine. Like you're super passionate about it, cool. And I remember walking into my boss's office like the next day and I was like, I'm sorry, I got to go, man. Like I can't do it anymore. So I left right there, right then, went home, started doing some freelance stuff on the side, basically the marketing stuff that I'd learned while I was at these agencies. So like Facebook marketing, Instagram marketing, like sponsored ads and stuff like that, and was able to get some clients and um, was doing that for money on the side and was still at home in Jersey at this time. And was doing the content stuff as much as I could now that I had a lot more time like mm-hmm. on my free hands. And that's when I was like, I need to move into a more like creative environment. So I moved into Brooklyn with one of my friends. And then that was probably like March, uh, like six years ago, seven years ago. And that summer things financially took off for me on the content side. And I've been full time doing that uh, since then.
0: Whoa, look at Sorry, that. Sorry, that was really
2: fucking long. Right? No,
1: was I was long. like,
0: entranced to what you were saying. <laughs> okay. yeah, I was like, all right, mental notes, mental notes. Should yeah. I like go upstairs right now and tell my boss, hey, I gotta go? Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. The, well, also, another piece of advice, like a lot of people want to do that and they want to make a jump mm. and I get asked this often like, was it scary to leave? I had a lot of momentum going into it. I was already making money on the side and I had seen year over year over year kind of the upward slope of where it was going and where my energy was. So it wasn't like, One day I woke up and I was like, I want to make a podcast. I'm leaving my job. It's like, I really, really strongly advise against doing something like that. You either have to have momentum or if you want to have no momentum and jump into it, you need to like save, you need to obviously be super subjective of where you are at in life. Right. And Mm -hmm. if you're like, I need a runway of two years in order to do this with no strings attached, you need to save up money for two to three years to have that runway for you. You know, like I, I think a lot of people love seeing the craziness of social media and being like, things can take off in a second, but projecting for virality is the easiest way to fail.
0: See, and that's something that I wish I knew like once I graduated college, because for me, as soon as I graduated and it was pandemic time, I immediately moved out of my parents' house. So now I have all of my other friends who stayed at their parents' place and they have so much money saved. I'm guessing at least like 50K. And here I am with 2K in my savings being like, oh, like maybe I should invest in this, invest in that in order to go to a different like area of my career that I want to focus on more. But I don't have that like safety net as much as I would have if I would have just kind of waited a little bit.
2: I feel that because a lot of my friends out of college got fancy like finance jobs in the city. And I was like, fuck, man, I would kill to be out there like making six figures, 22, 23, 24, living life. But I was I was really, really hellbent on, I I feel super fortunate that I knew what my passion was at a super young age and I was able to like really commit to it. So at that time I was like, man, I'm going to live at home while I'm 22, 23, 24, just kind of like eat the shit and be like, man, this kind of sucks, but I know where I want to go. Let me set myself up for future success. And that was the way I looked at it. And it's really, really tough. Again, going back to like social and how crazy things are out there to actually buy into that being the story. But I would say like, you guys just learned about me In the last like two, three weeks, I've been doing content for 10 years every single day.
0: What if we've been following you for a decade? I have
2: not. That would be awesome.
0: (laughs) I I don't believe you for (laughs) a (laughs) fucking
2: second, but it would be awesome.
0: The look that Nick gave me, I was like, I can't hold this (laughs) lie.
2: Yeah, so much goes into it. Like every single day, seven days a week for real, for the last like 10 years, I've been doing this. And I don't know, you just kind of adapt, but you also have to have a little bit of, it's like self awareness, a little bit of humility to understand that you sometimes need to take one step back to put yourself in a in a position to take three steps forward success wise, you know,
1: how was that like in between when you were having to like freelance, but you were also like putting the energy into like BDGE, like and knowing that all these other people in those big finance jobs are making all these six figures and you're just like, I'm trying to just get along here.
2: Yeah, it was terrible. Honestly, Many, many like late nights. I remember like sitting at my kitchen table until, you know, 1 a.m., 2 a.m. with like my mom would come in and be like, you're okay. And I'm like, no, look at my fucking, <laughs> <laughs> my eyes. It'd be like red bloodshot from staring at my screen all day. Shout out to Felix Gray for the blue light glasses. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it, dude, it was really tough, but I was so, I was so focused on what I wanted. And I feel like, you know, you have it or you don't, you know, like there's an innate feeling of confidence that you have. I never once wavered from where I wanted to go. And I always believed I would get to the, the place that I wanted to be at. I just didn't know how long it would take. I didn't know how I would get there, like the avenue I would take to get there. But I always knew. And if you have that, again, good intentions, hard work, good energy over the long run, I think will always play itself out. So while I was doing it, yeah, there were like moments of, you know, like, did I take the wrong path? Probably. Did I do this wrong? Can I learn more from this experience? Of course. But I I think if you have the confidence in you and you know where you're going to be, just putting in the work over a really long period of time will play itself out.
1: Yeah. And I feel like time is that's like the key word. And something I have to teach myself because patience. It's
2: always patience. I have
1: the worst patience. And it's so hard seeing all like, like you said, on social media, all these businesses and people that are like, oh, shit, I blew up overnight and now I'm making like six figures. My business is a million dollar business. And you're like, how the hell? The the quicker
2: they go up, the quicker that can fall off. I I promise you the quicker. Yes,
0: (laughs) (laughs) that was a yeet right there. That was a good one. I liked it. Because
2: If you build a foundation on something, a foundation doesn't just fall over. Like Mm -hmm. you build a house on a real foundation, a little bit of wind and a little bit of rain is not going to push it over. But if you build a fucking teepee, which is what most virality is nowadays, it's going to blow right over. And you have true people like loyal to what you're doing. Those people will not leave from one fuck up, one lesson that you need to learn along the way.
0: Well, it's actually interesting that you bring that up because, you know, we were going through your TikToks, like both your personal TikTok and BDGE's TikTok. And you had made a video recently telling your followers like, hey, guys, we were doing this one skit, Ike's Lunch, right, mm-hmm. for so long. Like you guys were on season two or season yeah. three. yeah." And you had to tell your followers like Ike's Lunch is not the only thing that you guys do in the office from day to day. It's only two minutes out of your day. Whereas the rest of your day is very much devoted to sports, sports media, fantasy football, and all those kinds of things. What led you to kind of just tell your 600,000 TikTok followers that?
2: So this series, yeah. And I'm for the record, I'm like super, again, against the idea of shooting for virality. This series that you brought up, guessing ice lunch it's literally our editor orders lunch to the office every day and we thought it'd be funny to guess it because we knew he was going to do it so we did that for you know 20 25 days just something stupid that uh we were doing on the side and for whatever reason it just took off and went super viral on tiktok was getting a million views for like months and months and months on end every single day so people started to recognize us being like the people that guess ice lunch our editor um his lunch and I was like, this is is cool. We get more eyeballs on it. But TikTok is the most fleeting platform that I've ever come across. And I've been doing social for a long time. And the numbers on there are can be extremely irrelevant if you put yourself in a box like with Ike's Lunch and you don't focus on what's actually important for your business. Now, I started as a pure content creator, like being really, really passionate about NFL and fantasy football. Uh, now I take what I do and look at it from much more of a business lens. And we have an office space and I have employees under me. So when I think of things that I need to do, unfortunately, I have to think of like the financial and monetary backings for what I do, right? So for me, I understand what makes our business go. I understand that at the end of the day, like if all else fails, a really, really high quality piece of fantasy football content that we put on our YouTube channel will make every other thing fall in line. So when I realize that this thing... Kind of took off and went viral. I felt like one, it didn't do anything for us other than people recognizing us off TikTok. In the real world, it doesn't actually do anything for you a lot of the time. Unless you're giving like pure value to people and you're able to like link it with what you're doing business wise, it will not have a huge effect down the line. So I realized that we were using a lot of our energy and a lot of our focus. Started pushing over there. And that's to no one's fault. Like, you find a a moment of virality for us, it was months and months and months of it. It's like, okay, this is kind of cool. Like, you know, let's like buy into it. But as soon as I realized it doesn't translate to anything actually meaningful other than like having some fun, I realized I need to like put my foot down and say, you know, we got to get back to the basics. We got to get back to what got us here in the first place. Cause we started doing that when we got the office space in March. I was able to afford an office space here with employees prior to us even starting TikTok. this isn't happened that on such
0: a t- pinch me moment? Sorry to interrupt, but isn't that so cool to think about?
2: Yeah. I have a hard time living in the moment. I really, really do. I don't know. My friends ask me that often, and I don't think of it that way. I just feel like I have so much more I want to accomplish. So it's hard for me to like sit back and be like, oh, that what we did was cool. It's Are like- you an
0: Aries? Is that okay for me to ask? You oh, wait, no, you're a Leo.
2: Also, no. Over oh, two.
0: fuck. What's the other one? It's not um, a Cancer. No, no you're it is Virgo. a Cancer.
2: I'm a Virgo. Yeah. Oh. That, did you know my birthday or was that Because like, you said you August. Tell? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just know
1: that's at the end of August. Yeah. W- <laughs> yes. And you kind of give me Virgo energy. What's that mean? Huh? I don't really know. Just the way that you're like on to the next thing. Yeah. You know? Mm. So you don't ever like celebrate your successes?
2: Uh, no. <laughs> We're getting either. deep here. Yeah, no, I mean. I don't personally do it. If someone else wants to do it, like Mm -hmm. I'm happy to, you know, come along. This is me celebrating my successes, doing stuff like this, honestly, like being able to have a platform and like talk about things that I'm super passionate about Mm -hmm. is like a way for me to celebrate my success.
0: And he's going to throw a one year office party in March and we're going to be invited. It's going to be great.
2: Hell yeah. (laughs) But also reciprocated. I want to be invited to all the the downtown parties in Alphabet City. Don't worry. I got you.
0: Well,
1: you don't want to come up to the Upper East Side. It's
2: not your vibe. I get it. I'll I'll come.
1: come. (laughs) No, that uh, was a little too long. It was
0: like, are you one of those people that doesn't go above 14th?
2: Yeah. Getting me, getting me here today. Getting me here today was a lot. You're lucky. My office is uh, uh, on 30th.
0: (laughs)
1: Wow. Whatever.
2: I'm kidding. We'll come. I'll come. come. All right. Don't worry.
0: Thank you. And going back to big dogs. Got to eat one. How'd you come up with the name?
2: Kind of a long story. Honestly, it goes back to, I'll try to make it very quick. Um, College, so we had a uh, senior week at college where, like, that week was like planned events basically from our class. And one day was like a bar crawl, one day was a house party crawl, one day was like a beer Olympics. So me and my friends entered the beer Olympics, and this was like there was like a hundred teams in the beer Olympics.
0: 100 we, teams with the? it was like
2: 100 teams of like seven or eight people on each team it was really? a huge thing
0: meanwhile Whoa. when i was graduating college i couldn't even get my six friends to do <laughs> i didn't even have that
1: many people in my graduating class i don't college. know who
2: i don't know who organized it <laughs> the school, school definitely didn't marist marist college
0: oh a new york one right yeah it's up in poughkeepsie i don't even know how that, that is i don't barely years
2: uh okay yeah so someone organized it and they were just like come to this house show up at this time and i was like cool say less you know so me and my friends pulled up we're one of the beer olympics teams it gets narrowed down there's like four teams left we're one of the four teams left at this point the the original house like kicked us out they're like you got we got to get out of here it's like nighttime at this point so the four teams left are like we need to find a champion you know we're, we're gonna go to a different person's house so we shifted house at this point just the four teams remaining and i think there was like five games maybe altogether but The fifth game, if it went to a tiebreaker, was just a uh, a boat race. It was just like literally fill your cup up to the top and chug it as fast as you can. It's like four on four, right? So it's like your best versus their best. And I was really, really good at chugging back in college. (laughs) So they put me as the anchor. I was like the last guy. And for whatever reason, when we won the semifinals and at the end of it, when I slammed it down, I yelled out like big dogs got to eat. And like the rest of the team, just kind of like let out a weird bark. You know, everyone was like, hoo, 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 hoo. so it became like our rallying cry, and we ended up winning the whole thing. So we won the entire it's beer Olympics. Lucky. No, not lucky. It's pure oh. f- skill. I chugged, I chugged like twenty beers that day. Are you kidding me? I drank so much. Um, yeah, I was. You, you were right on when I walked in. You are like, "Do you want a shot?" I was like, "Man, you're really pulling me back into my piece of shit." Please. Okay, so that happened, and then like shortly after was when I started getting more into content and. I started doing fantasy football stuff, but I knew at the time I didn't want to box myself into being like a fantasy football guy because I knew I was passionate about, you know, branding, marketing, social business and whatever it was. So I didn't want to stick something like sports wise or fantasy in the name because I didn't want to put myself in a box. So I was like, man, what's like a good medium between kind of it's cliche, but like work hard, play hard. And I was like, I look back on the beer Olympics. I'm like, big dogs got to eat. It's kind of like a funny name. And when I look at it now, I think of like big dogs, the people that are willing to um, like really put themselves out there. Right. And like be vulnerable and and talk about things that they're passionate about and try to relate to people on a deeper scale. Those are the people that I try to relate to when I say big dogs. And I got to eat, meaning like those are the people that are going to get ahead in the world. Those are the people that are going to be happy, fulfilled and be successful. So the name has like a stupid meaning. But also to me, it means something a little deeper.
0: That is not a stupid meaning. I love that story. (laughs) (laughs) Like I could not chug. Beer at all or actually in general i could not chug but proud of you do you think you could do it like now
2: uh yeah i could
0: <gasps> he looked around I'm for very beer jealous well
2: i was like before i said yes i made sure you didn't have any beer on you so i didn't actually have to do it uh but yeah like I've, i don't like go out and drink as much anymore because okay. i like to spend my energy on on work and like things that i feel like are productive. But like, if I'm put in the situation, you know, for like backs in the corner, like I'm, you know, kill or be killed. I'm chugging if that. F- I'm chugging that. <laughs> <here>. <laughs> I could do it for sure. Peer
0: pressure,
1: at it's fine. So yeah. I have to ask, because when I was looking through BDG Media, all that stuff, I kind of got Dave Portnoy vibes. Did he like influence you or any anything or?
2: Um. Yeah. I. <laughs> I, I want to <laughs> make sure. This if- <laughs> is <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I love, kind of I love question. Dave Portnoy. I'm going to refer to him as Prez going forward. For right, now. I, right. I love Prez. I admire him so strongly as like a leader of a business and a creator. And like, if you know his story, he started out passing newspapers out in like subway stations 17 years ago.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Like his
2: grind was so fucking real. And I relate to that. And I don't listen to 99% of the content that comes out of Arsenal Sports. I just like don't really care about a lot of what it's become, but Prez has built like the modern day media like conglomerate that I think we're going to look back on in 25 years, regardless of how you feel about him personally or how you feel about the company and say like, holy shit, they paved the way for what modern day media is. And with him, he's always been 1000% authentic to who he is. They've been like one of the few media companies I feel like that have been able to scale and also keep their edge at the same time. You very, very rarely find media companies that can not succumb to like cancel culture and not succumb to peer pressure and politics and all these things. And he's always stuck to his guns on that. He's like, fuck you. If you don't like me, this is who I am. And this is how we're going to build our business. And they've scaled to like 400 employees. That's incredibly difficult to do. So from like a media standpoint, I think they're the best in the world. And I think he is a top five marker in the world. So I love him for that. And I, I do get a lot of inspiration from him. Just being like super honest about who he is.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can just like tell like in a good way, like even just look the way you are and like, I know you were talking about TikTok and all, like making all the funny shit, mm-hmm. and you're like, "That's not what we want to be." But like, it comes across like in the office, like you guys show your personality, and there's like humor involved and sarcasm, and it yeah. seems like a more positive work environment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like in a mean, it's good.
2: So we've gotten the barstool comps a lot, a lot over mm-hmm. like you know the last few years or whatever, and I understand where they come from, but I also think I like to see us as like a more uh, maybe like EQ focused angle of barstool where. Mm-hmm. I feel like one of the things I've noticed from their company is when you start becoming this big social experiment online, you start with something small and something you're passionate about. And then you get hooked on the numbers and the views and you say, fuck, I got to top the last thing that we did. So let me become crazier and louder and X, Y, Z. And eventually you become like a caricature of yourself and your company becomes a caricature of what it started as. And that's like something I never want to become. I think it's really, really dangerous to put yourself in a box, which is going back to kind of like ice lunch. And I don't want to put us in that box. So I need us the even if it again, three steps back to take five steps forward, I'm okay looking at it that way. But I feel like with a lot of content creators, they do that they be, they become a, uh, a character of themselves. And it's a really, really dangerous spot to put yourself in mentally. So I think uh one of the things I did, like when I first left my last corporate full-time job I started vlogging, like just like documenting what was happening. This was when I still lived at my mom's house. And every single week, every Saturday, I would put out a vlog, just like documenting what would happen in my life and the things that I was going through for better or worse. So over the last, you know, six, seven years, I have pretty much documented every part of this process, which I think has helped us build a really, really loyal following to the point that we're able to do the things we are now. And I don't ever try to come off as something. That I'm not like if I'm feeling really shitty or depressed, like that's what you're going to get on camera someday if I'm energetic so that when I show up to things, I don't have to act a certain way. If I came here like sad one day, you guys would be like, damn, you're sad today. You know, like <laughs> that's the way I probably act on camera. Yeah. Luckily, you got me in a good mood today. I've had three <laughs> cups of coffee and a shot of whiskey. So I'm here to roll. <laughs>
0: you're ready, man. Yeah, that's honestly three cups of coffee and a shot of whiskey. That would be a really great song there. That would yeah. be a good
2: name for a podcast. That'd be yeah. That that yeah. could go trademark
0: that. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> gonna be like a pop
2: up in East Village soon. That's gonna be a bar <laughs> down there.
0: Oh, so speaking of sports, we really have to chat now about one fantasy and then two your Super Bowl picks because the Super Bowl at the time this episode's coming out, the Super Bowl is gonna be coming up. Oh, so man. I'll let you choose your poison first. Do you want fantasy or you want uh Super Bowl picks?
2: We could start with fantasy, I guess.
1: Okay. All right. Well, I have... A, here's a question.
0: Can you explain <laughs> in
1: layman's terms what fantasy football is coming from someone who literally is no fucking.
2: Don't f- worry. You? This is like every... I know.
0: I know it. He's looking Do at you me actually? too. Yeah. I got okay. fourth no, place in my league this oh, year. let's go. So... You
2: must not have listened to us.
0: No, <laughs> Tina knows Tina knows what's up. I literally
1: have no idea. I was a cheerleader for half my life and just kind of clapped from other okay. people.
2: Don't worry. This is pretty clapped. much how like every date starts from me. <laughs> oh, great. Not oh, fe- good. Yeah. oh, good. Oh, um, good. Okay, so fantasy football, a green flag probably that you don't know anything about it to, okay. to start off with. Sorry, not, yeah, not a, a red flag, but there's a
0: green <laughs> Add it to the list
2: for me. 21-year-old <laughs> that loves fantasy. Get her, okay. her. up. Uh, okay, so fantasy 101. Basically, uh, in order to play fantasy football, you have to be in a league with people, which means yeah. you're in a group of, like, friends. It could be college friends, high school friends, coworkers, whatever. So you're either with, like, 10 or 12 people typically. And the way it works is you guys... Pick players, real-life NFL players, to be on your fantasy football team. And then throughout the course of the NFL season, they play all their games basically on Sunday. So when Sunday rolls around, depending on how the players do in real life, you get points on your fantasy team. So if, like, Tom Brady throws for 300 yards, you'll get, like, 12 or 15 points on your fantasy team. And you have, you know, a group of 10 to 12 players on your fantasy team. And depending on how they play on Sunday, that's how your points will kind of uh, – That'll be the outcome of the points. And you play one of your friends each week, every single Sunday. So you guys might play each other in week one. And when you do that, one of your teams will have more points. So you get a win for that week. And then over the course of the season, your record after 16 weeks will be you know, 13 and 3 or 10 mm-hmm. and 6 or 8 and 8 or whatever.
1: So it's not team based. It's player based.
2: It's player based. Yeah, completely.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. That just <laughs> blows my mind. I thought that it was like you picked teams and, like, who's going to win and, like
2: – That's like gambling, like betting. You could do that.
1: I could do – okay. Yes. I could. You could do
2: that in New York now. It just became legal, like, uh, a year ago, eight months ago or something like that.
1: Okay, but yeah. fantasy bo- – We'll talk about that afterwards. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can let me in on the know on yeah. that one. Um, so you basically pick players. So how does it – so how do you get points based on how that player's team –
2: Not the team, how they do individually, how their stats come off. So like touchdown, if they get into the end zone, they score touchdown. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of points. They get a lot of yards. That's a lot of points. So realistically, you want to pick players that get the ball thrown to them or handed to them often because that's how you like accumulate yards and points and things like that.
1: Right. So you essentially like need to know your shit.
2: Correct. And that's where like a company like us would come into from like a very high level standpoint. If the NFL season starts early September, we're spending the summer months like June, July, August, basically from a very bird's eye view telling people who they should take on their team and who they shouldn't take on their team and there's a lot of like numbers and nuances behind that and a lot of people play in leagues where the rules are very specific so there are different like angles that we have to approach it at but that's yeah from a very high level view like that's the kind of videos and analysis that we do
1: so that's like the services that you sell essentially yes so like basically whatever level of the service it is that they get that information
2: yeah so we'll put out content for like you know three or four months helping you uh, prep for your draft, right? Mm -hmm. The draft is like the big night each year where right before the season actually starts where you got to pick your team. So like you and your 10 or 12 friends might get together physically together and do like a draft, right? Or that's when you pick your players or you might just do it online. doesn't matter, but there's one night where you draft all the players that are going to be in your team for the whole year. So we're prepping them for that one night basically. And what we'll do is we'll help them, um, you know, we'll give them these videos and, and help them learn throughout the process. But what I found is you can productize things by organizing, right? Like they can get all the information that we might sell in a product throughout YouTube or TikTok or Twitter or whatever, but there's so much of it that it's like, it's not a realistic thing for them to be able to get it. So what we do is say, Hey, we're going to like neatly organize this package. It almost present it as like an online magazine for you. So you get our best, most relevant, high quality pieces of content in one place structured in a way that saves you time. So like when I'm selling a product, I don't think of it as selling information. I think of it as organizing information that I already have out there. So that's like one of our main products that we sell. And then there's like different like monthly memberships, which I look at as more of like access to, to me as a person or the brand as a person. They want to be in like private live streams or, you know, things like that. Um, so that's how we would typically like productize.
1: Okay. So going back to fantasy football, what are like your top tips of someone like getting into it for the first time?
0: Pick the hot players. Yes. <laughs> That's what I did. And okay. it worked in my favor.
2: <laughs> Realistically, so fantasy is a, uh, yeah, not a terrible strategy. Honestly.
0: <laughs> I would do the same.
2: Fantasy is, it's so, this is coming from someone who talks about it all the time. Incredibly difficult to predict. So a lot of people compare people who talk about fantasy to weather people. Because you just, like, can't actually predict what's going to happen. It's such a, there's only 16 games played in an NFL season. So, like, the smallest minute thing could happen that, like destroys your entire team or makes your entire team. So I go into this analysis with the mindset of like, I'm going to be wrong about so much shit. I'm going to be right about a lot of things. So I'm just going to have fun with it because no matter what happens, if I'm not right on 100% of my predictions, there are going to be people talking shit. So there's no reason to like take yourself that seriously. Cause even the, so going back to like gambling, the best gamblers in the entire world will be right about like 58% of their picks, which is crazy, right? Like that's just a little bit of juice that you have there. So if you're going to be wrong about 42% of things, imagine how social media gets attracted mm-hmm. to that. Oh, yeah. Imagine like you came on here and you guys were like trying to have a nice discussion about like New York, but like 42% of the things you said were just flat out wrong.
0: <laughs> like, I think it- that's usually how our <laughs> show
2: goes. Fair, okay, okay. Uh, but that would, that's problematic for someone in an industry like mine where like people value getting information and then they want the results of helping their fantasy team win. All I could do is look at it and be like, I want to be entertaining. I want to be relatable. I want to have fun with it. So that's like the kind of energy... I go into it looking at it from. I don't even remember the original question. I think it was like, "How do you get better?" To be completely honest, like, you can't f- right. possible.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so with that, who were your top picks for this season?
2: Um, I loved Saquon. Oh yeah, Saquon was a
0: Saquon big Saquon Barkley. Don't look at me. No fucking <laughs> clue what you guys are saying. <laughs> he had a big year.
2: Um, Saquon was a big guy. Was he
0: your first pick? Or no,
2: he was not my first in my like main league that that league I we started back in high school. We still do. We're like 15 years in right now. Love that. My first pick was Justin Herbert Chargers quarter We played a two QB league, a two quarterback league. Oh, OK. Yeah. Which makes that position super valuable because they run out really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Herbert was a disappointment. So that was not a great pick by me. Saquon, I actually could have taken Saquon there. But yeah, Saquon was a great pick. Uh, Herbert was not good. Hated Najee Harris, which turned out really well. Um, honestly, I'm, I don't I don't know if you guys want to keep doing fantasy shit. Well,
0: I could. because no, I find interesting. <laughs> okay. I know, I do. Because my first pick was Travis Kelsey. Great because pick. my team name is Kill a Trav Fan Club. Because I love that man. Okay. And then I went for Josh Allen. And then I went for Jalen Hurts. And How we're f- not a two-quarterback team. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, I'm going to pick the people I want first. And I don't care the order.
2: Uh, I don't know if you could beat those first three picks if it were not a one. If you're playing in a league where you only start one quarterback, don't pick two quarterbacks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Should go without saying. Yeah. <laughs> but all three of those were absolutely like fucking rocket picks. Those were awesome.
0: <laughs> well, they also, my friends, they said to me after I was like done with it, because I do my league with coworkers. And my friend said, Tino, why in the world are you doing it with like a tight end first and then you're doing other people? And I was like, no, no, no. My team name is Kill a Trav fan club. I'm picking Travis Kelsey first.
2: You would be surprised. Like the funny part about like in that serious league, right? So me and two of my friends who are also in the league, literally we do podcasts about fantasy football. So it's a league of 10 people and like 30% of them literally follow the sport all year round, like in depth. And the kid who keeps winning, like, can't even pronounce the player's names correctly, which goes back to my point of, like, you could win. Like, with that attitude, it's like, he's my team name, so I'm going to pick him. I'm going to pick multiple quarterbacks, even though I can't play half of them. I'm going to pick who's the hottest, whose jersey I like the most. Like, that strategy legitimately will work. It's insane.
0: I got fourth. I was in the playoffs, and I was about to win, but then— miss the person who got third place, she was like losing the first half of the season and then she just started swindling her way up the top and she knocked me off I was pissed I'd
1: be pissed too that's but that how, would be yeah. me I'd be that girl <laughs> I'd be like losing and then some sh- random shit happened and then I'd be like winning and everyone would be like what the hell
2: yeah cause it's like one random guy gets hurt and it's like if he's the guy on your team you're fucked but if you have the guy behind him if you have the backup then your team just skyrocketed that's why it's like you can't predict injuries mm. you can't be like he's gonna tear his ACL or sprain his ankle or something like that so like. Anything could happen on a given week. So I just try not to take it too seriously.
1: Do you feel like there's more women being involved in fantasy football?
2: Uh, You mean relative to like previous years? Yeah. Um, honestly, our demo, if we were just doing fantasy content, mm-hmm. super small when it comes yeah. to women. I mean, I, of course, like as you scale, you will get more volume of comments from women. But right. realistically, not really, because mm-hmm. even if you have. Women that are playing in fantasy leagues, it's like most of them don't care enough to be like watching YouTube videos about it, you know?
1: Yeah, all right. Th- I still
2: invite you to play and watch the content <laughs> stuff, but, you know, Just no, what I find noted. I
1: find it interesting. That's where I like, you know, when I was researching you, I was looking through all the TikToks, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't really know what any of these men are saying, <laughs> but like, I'm finding it like entertaining.
0: This episode single-handedly is going to get more women to start playing yeah. fantasy football so. and watch. Yeah. Them. We, let's followers. start a league. Eleven
2: girls and and me.
0: Wait, yeah. should we? Yeah, I'd I'm be down. so down. Yeah, let's
2: do it. Especially do if
0: there's it. money in the pot.
2: We can't do it until, we can't start it until like this upcoming season. Yeah, but so now like everyone August, can like prep
0: and everything. Hell
2: yeah. Can Six months of prep, you better f- <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll
2: draft for everyone okay, in the league. Okay, thank
0: you. Yeah. <laughs> and so as we wrap up, I've got to hear your Super Bowl picks. Because when we're recording this episode right now, what is it, The divisional playoffs are about to come out this Con- weekend? Conference championship. Conference yeah. championships. So who do we got? We've got 49ers. Eagles versus... 49ers. Yep. Wow. We've got Bengals versus Chiefs. 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 All right. So who are your picks? Mm, and then Stevie, um, you have to tell us your picks.
2: I'm gonna ride with Philly. There over we the go, Niners.
0: baby. Go <laughs> birds.
2: Uh, yeah, Philly just they actually feel like similar teams. They're both the Niners and the Eagles are both super well-rounded teams, where I don't think they have a lot of flaws, but I feel like the Eagles are just like, if you turn the knob up just a little, they're like a little bit better in most in most aspects team wise. So I think Philly takes it. And then uh Chiefs Bengals. The Bengals kind of feel like a team of destiny right now and Mahomes just suffered a high ankle sprain which like will limit his play next week so I think I'll take the Bengals and then ultimately I think I'm going to take uh the Eagles from gonna- it all.
0: Go Birds wow. baby.
2: Yeah, I kind of hate wow. Eagles fans. I, I actually hate all of NFC East fans. Giants fans included, even being from New York.
0: This is going to throw you for a loop. I'm a Giants and an Eagles fan. Nah. <laughs>
2: It's, I'm not for a loop. I just won't allow it.
0: <laughs> hey,
1: you did have the Cowboys in there. Did you not?
2: I had the Cowboys uh, beating the whoever they played two weeks ago. Mm. And then I had them beating the 49ers, but they lost to the 49ers. Mm. So it's not that like – it's less that I dislike the teams. It's more that I dislike not the people that root for these teams, but the behavior of people that root for these teams. Because I grew up with like Giants and just New York fans in general. Yankees fans are just so They're annoying. so annoying. They're so annoying. They're so annoying. Someone comes from like a sports background, not, not even I appreciate it. It's so annoying that I'm like, I have to hate these teams now, you know?
0: Guys, it's so funny because here I am smiling being like, I love the fans. I love the <laughs> attitudes they have. And Stevie and Nick are looking at me like, this nice, girl's a so psycho.
2: Nice. <laughs> I, I kind of wish I bought in. Like, I wish someone had made me a Giants fan as a kid so that I can enjoy that. Because I rarely get to go to like sporting events and be like, oh, I'm cheering on with like everybody. It's always like yeah. me and 98,000 people that don't like the team that I'm rooting for. So, so I,
0: Who's your team?
2: I'm a Falcons fan. Atlanta. Ooh.
0: Oh, oh, okay. No wonder you don't like the rowdiness of fans. Falcons fans are boring. Yep. No offense. But
2: <laughs> we've been through a lot of heartbreak.
0: No, I was literally in Atlanta last like You
2: sound I me mean, <laughs> 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 protect my eyes after I ripped them out working so hard when I was younger. I
0: freaking went to Atlanta and I was like, okay, there's a Falcons game on, like, let me just get with the hoopla of it all. So I wore red and black because I was like, let me be in the team spirit. I went to three different bars in Atlanta to try and watch this game. Every single bar, a dud. And it was a home game. Mm. I was like, Atlanta, just no offense if you're from Atlanta, guys, but they're just not with it when it comes to football.
2: Yeah. I mean, like we've had a lot of suffering over the last like bunch of years. So it's it's tough to like really get behind the team. You know, we're up 28-3 in the Super Bowl. We end up losing that Super Bowl and <laughs> it'll be another 20 years before we get back to it. So I can relate to that. The only reason I'm a Falcons fan is because when Michael Vick came in the league, I was like 13 years old or something. And that was when I first started watching football. And he was like the most electric athlete on the planet. And I fell in love with him immediately. I was young and vulnerable. And I was like, I love this guy. <laughs> That's
1: what he got. You. He was on the Falcons. Yeah, yeah, I know. He
2: got me a fucking lifetime of heartbreak, unfortunately. <laughs> but I've just stuck with them since then.
0: Wow. All right, Tina, what's yours? Girl, you know it already. Go birds all the way. <laughs> I cannot. If the Eagles make it. No, not if. When the Eagles make it to the Super Bowl, my ass is taking a bus down to Philly. I'm calling out of work the next day and I'm staying in Philly for the parade that will happen like three days later.
2: Real question. Uh, Attractive wise, Jalen Hurts or Joe Burrow?
0: Oh,
1: no. I couldn't even. Do you know who they are? Stevie doesn't know. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't even like. Well, it was a good question
2: based on her reaction. (laughs) No, it was a really good question. They're both really good looking. They've
0: got like. They've got oh, just like, this aura, this swagger about them that I cannot. Mm. Joe Burrow has a girlfriend, so I'm going with Jalen Hurts. Mm. That's the only reason <laughs> why I'm picking
2: Wasn't Joe. the question, but I appreciate it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, what was it last season? Me and my best friend. We got this from our guy friends because our guy friends made a list of the, like, the most attractive QBs from number one to whatever mm-hmm. team number. And so we did it. Jalen Hurts was in the top three. Yeah, not surprised.
2: Jimmy G, I'm assuming. Jimmy
0: G was number one. Mm. And Tua got Tua got number three. And Jalen really? got number... That wasn't my picking. <laughs> I'll tell you <laughs> that. We had to pick and choose.
2: I think a lot of the attractiveness of quarterbacks, like there's a lot of... Like Joe Burrow is getting an insane amount of hype about how like attractive he is. But he's been in the league for like three or four years. Yeah. A lot of it comes with your social media presence. And as you're like more successful as a player, more people know who you are. So I bet if you polled that again this year, Jalen Hurts would rank higher than... Tua and Joe Burrow would too because they're way more successful this year than they were last year. More people know about them.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah, but
2: I always enjoy those. There, there was actually um, someone made a social media, I think a Twitter thread one time of basically changing all the quarterbacks in the NFL to women and like photoshopped them and looked like it looked like really good. <laughs> and to this day, I'm still ex- obsessed with like the the female version of Dak Prescott. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a good thread. I got to see if I could find it. It was years ago, but it was so good.
0: Please do and send <laughs> it to us because I want to laugh.
2: Right.
0: Uh, Stevie,
1: what's your pick? I'm just going to go with what is giving me the best vibes. And I think the 49ers and the Bengals.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and
1: I'm going to say the Bengals are going to win. Okay. okay. Respect. Yeah.
0: I just feel drawn to them. Yeah, as long they're, as it's the Bengals-Eagles. There you go. Bengals Eagles is what we're trying to go for. Yeah, but Bengals the Bengals should win. Well, yeah, but she also picked the Bengals, and we said Bengals and Eagles, so majority rules.
2: How <laughs> long have you guys known each other for?
0: Uh, ooh, six, since November. Yeah, November October. Yeah. Why?
2: I was just curious. So you've been, <laughs> so you've been doing the pod. That wasn't there was no negative or positive connotation to that. Just curious. I yeah, no, I, I, I came
1: on in November for the second season.
2: So you were just you had been doing it by yourself for a long time, mm-hmm. and then you just asked her to co-host.
0: I looked for a co-host. I put out an application on TikTok and Instagram. And there I was. Yeah. Why is it? Because we vibe so well together.
2: Yeah. I I was curious about it. Um, (laughs) Why are we looking for a co-host?
0: I was so fucking burnt out and I needed someone to bounce ideas off of. And that was also going to hold me accountable. And Stevie does all of that and more. She's the best co-host. And I was like, plus, it'll be fun to have like three people doing interviews as opposed to just back and Mm. forth. Because with two people, it can sometimes just be a question answer depending on like if the person's comfortable on the mic or not. And so with this, we're having a great time. Yes, it's great.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good dynamic. And I think it's super important. Like when I started doing content, I did it by myself for a long time. And I always felt more comfortable. I actually do like on a normal day, feel more comfortable doing content by myself. But there's like this shared energy uh, about getting other people around you. That's like people ask, are you guys extroverted?
1: I'm like in between.
2: In between? Mm-hmm. If you go to like a-, a party or something, do you feel like you walk away with more energy? Or are you like kind of like a uh,
1: Depends. It <laughs> depends. Okay. It depends on the people that are around me.
2: Fair. If it's a fun party, you're happy. Right, be yeah. There. If
1: I'm feeding off, everyone has good vibes then I'm happy.
2: Yeah. I look at like content the same way. It's like you can have fun by yourself. And I think most people inherently are probably independent people. Like I like being extroverted. I like going out. If I'm in a social setting, it like gives me a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. But I spend 95 percent of my time probably alone by myself. Right. And I like that. And I think with content, that's also really, really important to get around people that do give you energy and can like build on top of what you're doing and are passionate about what you're doing. Like, you guys have to have common interests and be able to bounce ideas off of each other. So, that's important. I'm glad you guys found each other. Thank it's a lo- you. Long winded way of <laughs> saying that.
1: That's so nice. Cry. It's probably the whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> it's feeling warm inside
0: my stomach, I can tell you that.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think it's left my chest. <laughs> <No. there. laughs> it's
0: just been sitting there. So, all right. So, now I've got another question for you because we actually didn't get to this, but now we can, you know bdg big dogs gotta eat that is such a mouthful sometimes let me just say it my mouth can't move that one much.
2: i don't even know what's easier when people are like what is BDG or what does it stand for i'm not really sure like because both of them are confusing as shit one's <laughs> yeah, long yeah. and one doesn't make sense like when you just say BDG, you know
0: well Sorry i'll go with <laughs> big dogs gotta eat um when you're not working on that your personal tiktok has since gotten a lot of traction and so now we can talk about it with this extra time starting with you posted a video on TikTok about your DMs, about the best ways for someone to shoot their shot. So with that being said, what is your relationship status if you are comfortable saying it?
2: Uh yeah, I'm single as fuck. <laughs> as fuck. As fuck. I needed to yeah, make sure that was heard. So
0: what are the ways that people can slide into your DMs? Like what is the absolute no that you will not be responding?
2: Uh just like really basic dms of just like hey what's up well
0: someone sent you a paragraph and you said absolutely not to it
2: all right okay (laughs) well i don't remember what paragraph it was
0: <laughs> i was like hold on. on the spot <laughs> was
2: it like three paragraphs long and very in she depth?
0: was so sweet she was like hey i really love your videos i think you're so handsome i'd love to take you out Something it was too like serious
2: that. i could tell you that's what it was
0: and because also other people in the comments agreed with him and was like nah that paragraph gotta go it
2: was too serious <laughs> for someone that like doesn't know me at all If you're going to come into the DMs and vice versa with girls. You
0: have have humor.
2: If you get 20 DMs, like the joke is going to be the one that stands out, not like the hey or whatever. So it's like, if you're so serious, you don't know me. You don't know me enough (laughs) to like be acting that way towards me, being like, I love you and like that, that all kind of stuff, like kind of freaks me out a little bit. But if you come in with like a joke, I'm like, okay, this is funny. I already know, I already know that you're funny and I'll probably have a good time with you. But if you're coming in serious, I don't know if you're funny. I don't know. Also, if you're sliding in, this goes for both parties. Like if you're sliding into someone's DMs, you can't have your profile be private.
0: I hate yeah. that shit. Yeah. That angers me so much because I'm like, you expect me to take a screenshot, zoom into that photo? <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> that <laughs> is blurry as hell. And you know what I do? I don't even give a fuck. I will follow them. To see, if they look cute in the profile pic, I'll follow them. And like, if I'm not attracted, I'm, to them. you unfollow? Yes. <laughs> I'm like, you set yourself up for this. You DM me knowing about me, who I am and what I look like, but then I don't get any information from you. <laughs>
0: Nick is a savage. If you're
2: going to get into the game, like if it's too hot in here, get out the kitchen.
0: Jeez. But is that wrong? <laughs> no, it's not.
1: Right? No, it's not. I respect it, Loki. But you guys are sitting here talking about you get all these like people sliding your DMs. People don't slide into my DMs. I get 50 year old Midwest white like guys. Yeah, like, I
2: mean... To be fair, I didn't get a lot prior to like my personal TikTok kind of taking off, which was like a month ago. I would get 40-year-old, 50-year-old Midwestern men sliding into my DMs asking me for, like, fucking sock pictures a year ago.
1: (laughs) Or I get, like, the old, like, high school guys sliding in
0: trying to chat me up. And I'm like, you're nice, but, you know. It's funny you bring that up because one time I was at a bar in Philly and I said to my— because I was with my college friends and I go, guys, I don't want to go here because I know for a fact I'm going to run into people from high school. What happened? I ran into people from high school and the guy that I had the biggest crush on in school comes up to me. He's like, hey, Tina, I run away, right? And then once I calm myself down, I go back to him. I'm like, hey, what's up? Like trying to act all cool and stuff. He, this motherfucker <laughs> says to me, yeah, so like, Tina, you're kind of hot now. I went, excuse
2: me. <laughs> and, I was, and then gave did him that do it for you. There.
0: No, I said, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and? <laughs> and then, yeah, he came back to the post game with us. And? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the rest is history. My lips are sealed. Oh, I don't kiss him okay, okay. <laughs> But, yeah, high school, mm, 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 mm. Well, also, with your personal TikToks, right, it was because you started off talking about New York City apartments, because you were popping up on my For You page one too many times, but then I was like, fuck it, I'll give this guy a follow.
2: That's, it, a it, pity follow? Yeah, it's kind of fucked <laughs> up.
0: No, you're funny, you're funny. Um, Until he's not funny, they can unfollow him. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's not delivering anymore, bye. It,
2: it, this is karma for me following <laughs> girls off of fucking Instagram. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So I did. I mean, I was on my personal TikTok for a while, more so talking about uh, BDG and the brand and just like, I think my ultimate passion is like helping content creators forge their way, become like a full time content creator, become happy slash passionate about what they're doing in a way that's like sustainable and has longevity to it. And I would put those out. But I also have uh, other like passions, one of them being living in New York. So I just made this random TikTok one day that was like seven things you got to know if you're moving to New York City it kind of just took off. And I was like, okay, people enjoy this. And it's also something that I enjoy and I'm passionate about. So I'll make some more like New York city type stuff and uh, kept doing that. And that's where I started to see a lot of traction on it. But at the same time, I won't look at it as like, oh, now I need to post three to four times a week. Uh, that's New York city related. Like, I'm still going to go on there and just talk about whatever I want to talk about. You know, I'm going to talk about my business. I'm going to talk about, my dms on instagram to talk about you know whatever it is that i want to talk about so my personal thing was just again a, like really just an expression of who i am and i think that's like the purest way to come out of making content is if it's something you feel like you got to get off your chest and it's something that you really want to express that's a really pure form of content and and when i was younger it was difficult for me to express myself fully and like be vulnerable with even the people that were around me relationships friendships family and when i got on camera it just like unlocked a side of me that i was like damn this is a way that I could really express myself so I've just you know used that as my avenue for the last like 10 years or so so I try to keep that mindset with every piece of content that I make yeah
1: well going off of the New York thing do you feel like you're a New Yorker you're like staying here
2: uh I would I would be surprised <laughs> I'd be really surprised if I was not in New York City at the age of like 45
0: really I
2: could see myself living here forever
0: you're so you're never going back home New Jersey
2: No, it would need to be some sort of like drastic shift in my mindset, which I just, my mind is so fucked up that I don't really see that happening anytime (laughs) soon. Or I like settled down with a girl who my initiative wouldn't be like, hey, let's settle down together in the suburbs or anything like that. But if they were really actively pursuing it and I was like, okay, I'm kind of done putting 100% of my energy into like my passion and my work and stuff like that, I would be okay like sacrificing my lifestyle for the other person if they really wanted that. But New York City just like, I don't know, it gives me an energy that I feel. I'm always inspired by like I could walk down the street and be like, okay, like that was awesome. I want to make something about that. You know,
1: Tina, I think you're the only one that I've ever known that has been
0: anti New New York City. No, pro Jersey.
1: Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're the first one that's like, I want to move back to Jersey when I'm 28. (laughs) Girl, I'm
0: also the same person who wants a ranch in North Carolina with
2: a horse. Like. Yeah, dude. Wait, you know what the funny part about or not the funny part about the shit that annoys me so much is like I did an apartment tour about my apartment down in the West Village.
0: Oh, yeah, it was gorgeous, by the way. You decorated it so lovely. Thank you.
2: I just got yeah. weirdly into like home decor. I guess it's like really showing my like 30-year-old <laughs> self right now. But I was like I want to this is the first time I've had an apartment or a house that wasn't directly where I worked. So I was like mm-hmm. I kind of want to make it like cozy and nice. So I put a lot of time and energy into that. So I, so you I appreciate should, it, I as
0: that. As
2: But I, I said the rent, right, in the video. and Yeah,
0: he said the rent. I was like, oh.
2: <laughs> so, so I said the rent. And then that all obviously invites a million comments of like, you can get a fucking ranch in Nebraska for like half that price. I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do in Nebraska? So those comments, they drive me wild for a second. And for me, it's just like so subjective to New York. And um, I also like you said you grew up in the suburbs. Yeah. So suburbs like as someone who's pursuing something creative you don't feel like that ever stifles you because i feel like the suburban areas of especially like uh, how they are now it's like a bubble and most people get their validation from like talking about other people and i don't think it promotes creativeness i don't think it promotes growth because most people get the mindset of like i don't want to be the outlier let me just be normal and let me make sure people aren't talking about me and let me stay complacent whereas a city like new york you'll see the weirdest shit every single day walking down any block and i feel like that promotes You being comfortable being yourself.
0: See, I 1000% agree with you because I know that if I was still in my hometown in Jersey, granted, my hometown, like the people from there are very creative, but I would still feel really weird just trying to create content. People would be talking shit. I would not be happy. So I think for me in an ideal world, I would leave New York, go to Philly because what I'm paying in New York
2: and what I can get (laughs) in Philly
0: Completely you're, different.
2: You're the people in my TikTok. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, fair. So
1: you want more space in your home? than I have too to what much shape. around it.
0: The environment that you're living in. And I also think New York is just too f-ing hectic. Like my brain not on is the upper always. East side, constant. Tina. We're chilling. That's true.
2: There are areas. We're
0: there are chillin'. areas, but they are pockets, and they're far from where I want to go out. They are not far. <laughs> upper <laughs> East Side to West Village. How far is that? It's it a long distance long. relationship. <laughs> it, <laughs> Put it, is that it is not.
1: It is not. That on. is like Hoboken in a Brooklyn. Been, I have been doing this for eight years. It's easy. It yes. is I go to. So I go out far. in Brooklyn now.
2: It is nice to separate church and state a little bit. It does like save you the mind space. But I don't know. Like I thrive on chaos. <laughs> so the hecticness of New York is like what I need. Maybe it like helps me shut my brain down a little bit, which is weird is it and ironic but
0: avoiding some feelings
2: yeah 100 <laughs> but i'm okay with it i'll push through that and when i'm like 40 i'll figure it out i'll go to therapy yeah i
0: was gonna say i'm the opposite like my brain is too chaotic that i need my surroundings to be calm in order for me to like find a balance
2: but like i was actually thinking about this on the way over here because i'm walking through Times square and i'm like this is fucking <laughs> place bro but i'm also i feel a weird relaxed version of myself when i'm in Times square and i think it's because relaxation to a lot of people is probably like sitting on a couch or sitting on, you know, doing nothing or like listening to music or watching TV shows. Uh, and I feel like I relate to that, but I also relate to the fact that like relaxation as a whole is kind of taking your mind off the things that are going on in your life, right? Like you're looking for outlets. So if there's craziness happening around you, it's very hard to focus on the craziness happening internally. Yeah. And that's I an sh- that. extremely unhealthy way to look at it. a no, no, realization I had.
1: I get that. I feel the same way. Like, that's why I love living in the city. And I literally don't ever put my blinds down because I will, I like seeing other people like up at like 4am and
2: oh, I'm yeah. like,
0: oh shit, I'm not alone.
2: What floor do you live on?
0: I'm on 12. Okay. Yeah. What uh, floor are you on?
2: I'm on the fourth floor, but
0: is that the highest floor?
2: Uh I think there's maybe two above me. But I had an apartment when I lived in Hell's Kitchen that was on the ground floor. And most people were like, Oh, I would never want to live there. I fucking loved it. <laughs> I love keeping the windows open. I love yeah. people like walking by. Like I wasn't doing anything, but like yeah. that in itself weirdly like gave me energy. And I love the ground floor of apartments. For as much as it gets for like noise and people and all that kind of stuff, I'm like, give me that all day. You're crazy. I know.
0: Living on the ground floor. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Not only am I on the ground floor now for this new apartment, I'm in the basement because it's a duplex. Mm.
2: You're in the that's ground. how I had in Hell's Kitchen. The mm-hmm. basement's weird, but like uh, the the <laughs> ground. I floor. still have
0: windows though in the basement, so it's good. Okay, but like we'll see. I don't know. I'm be great. By the time this episode comes out, is the day I'm moving in. So
2: we're uh, actually. I guess I can't really <laughs> 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 Wanted to get into afterwards. Yeah,
0: afterwards, yeah. we'll talk about where in Alphabet City. That's exciting. All right, now we've got to wrap up before Kay actually kills us. Yeah, okay. for this but nick we might have to have you on for like a part two or something soon yeah
2: I would, yeah i'd, I I'd have be so honored more
0: questions yeah have you looked, done
2: a part two with anyone
0: uh two people dina my best friend and joey who was the first guest ever on the podcast so pretty much you're not special
2: okay you'd, oh. be, yeah, my,
0: that's pretty you'd special. be my first part Elite two. company oh
2: there you go boom <laughs> Elite company, let's go.
0: <laughs> or Nick, before we wrap up, if there's anything that you want to say to the in your twenties community, please do so now, and make sure to let people know where they can find you, follow you, all that good stuff.
2: Um, I could probably go back to kind of how I started the question that you asked. Is like figuring out the wrong things is a lot easier, and I just, I don't know, just really f- like covet your energy. I think that's the most important thing when you're in your twenties because you're never gonna be as passionate and as energetic as you are from ages like 21 to 35. And I think that's, it's the most valuable resource as humans that we can have. If you put that to good use, the money and all the petty falls in line when you focus on the important things, when it really comes down to it. Um, So that would be my thing is like, it's not worth wasting your time and energy on things that don't actually fill you back up with energy. So that would be where I leave them. Uh, You can find me at Nick Ercolano, it's E-R-C-O. On I don't know TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, wherever all the social medias.
0: Cool. Well, be sure to leave all of your like handles and whatnot in the show notes below, guys. If you enjoyed today's episode, which I had a fucking blast. Yes,
1: yeah, I think this may have been the best one yet.
0: Yeah, I'm really <laughs> yeah. loving this. If you guys enjoyed the show, please leave a review. Follow us on Instagram at In Your Twenties with a Y S, not an I E S. My name's Tina with an H, and I'm Stevie Jade. We'll catch you next Wednesday, Bye, peeps.